CTE Soccer Women's World Cup podcast, sponsored by Cadbury. For grassroots to national level, a supporter and a half of women's football in Ireland. Turn the world round, shut the show down. I was spinning, couldn't slow down. On the roll now. All right, welcome along to today's RT Soccer Women's World Cup podcast. Raf Giallo here. We're in the midst of the first round of group games. And as you probably know now, you can watch every fixture from the World Cup live on RT television and the RT player, including, of course, Ireland against Canada on Wednesday, which is going to be one o'clock Irish time. And joining me today, it's Rihanna Jarrett, who's won 16 caps for Ireland, including during during Vera Pau's tenure. And RT Sport Online's Anthony Pine, who is joining us from Perth as well. Both of you are, are over there, of course, uh, where that second Irish game game will be taking place and Rihanna um, I know you're over there as a supporter so what's the experience been like following Ireland around on that's on this side of the I suppose the white lines of the pitch? Oh it's been amazing so far I mean I think we were in Sydney for about six days so a few days before the game and a few days after and just the atmosphere around the place um, mainly from the Irish fans to be honest I think just walking around the city of Sydney we went out to Bondi Beach we went out to Coogee Beach and we actually bumped into so many Irish fans, some that are living out here, some that have some family playing on the team and, and others then that just have genuinely been so happy to travel the whole way across the world to support the Irish women's team. And we bumped into a mother and daughter on the beach in Bondi and we got chatting to them. And the people I were with asked her, like, were, did they have connections to anybody? Did they know anybody playing? And they literally just said no. They followed Ireland in the qualifiers. They were sitting at home over a glass of wine and decided, sure, look, we might as well book flights to go watch them in, in Australia. And I think hearing those kind of stories because people that have no connections to anybody on the team and that genuinely just follow them in football was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and obviously uh, following the squad around as well and players that you've played with for a long time. Have you been able to kind of keep in touch or is it sort of like a, a bubble um, for the for the team at the moment? So I've been chatting to them a little bit. I haven't met up with them, but I was walking through um, just the park there and in part today we went out for some brunch and went out for a walk and I did bump into to Megan Connolly and, and Grace Maloney and they were with their families. Um, so it does seem that they have had some some downtime. Um, I had always planned to maybe touch base with them in, in Brisbane, um, but it was absolutely great to bump into Megan and get chatting to her for a while. And then the same with Grace. Um, obviously, would have played with Megan at Brighton. And obviously, I grew up playing for Ireland with Grace Maloney as well. So it was really nice to meet them. Um, and then hopefully can, can catch some of some of the other girls as well. Yeah, and Anthony, you've just touched down in Perth, and uh, just to be very clear, you can clarify that the image behind you—it's not a screensaver or anything. Uh, they're very much real palm trees. Real. Yeah, it is a real palm tree. I, I look like I'm on Larry King live or something here. After I, I found the palm tree to come out, get a bit of uh, scenery. I I got here, yeah, just a few hours ago. We made the jump over from from Brisbane. Um. And it's very pleasant here, actually. Yeah, the rain is coming. Uh, Rihanna was just saying off air that the next couple of days are going to be pretty wet, uh, leading into the match day. But for now, it's it's very nice. Yeah, and just the uh, general vibe, and I guess also the latest team news as well, because as the team were flying out, Louise Quinn was in a protective boot, of course, um, from the knock she received in the game against Australia. So, are there any updates in terms of um, her fitness and just the the squad in general? Yeah, the dreaded boot is back out. We had Denise O'Sullivan last week was was going around the team hotel wearing the boot after she got a bang on the shin. But um, it, 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 it's precautionary. Like it's, it's actually standard procedure when you get a, a bang or an injury now to put on a boot. I think it just it helps with the blood flow. 
uh, at age recovery, it's we're told by the Ireland camp, it's, it's nothing to be alarmed about. Uh, she is fully expected to train tomorrow without any issues. Uh, I think she did a pool session yesterday, uh, and then she'll be back training tomorrow on Tuesday, and she should be absolutely fine. So she got a bang on the ankle, but I, I think Adriana will testify. Like, I don't think there's a game Louise Quinn plays where she doesn't come off with you know, a bash on the head or the leg or something. She's just that type of player, and I, I think she'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, uh, I suppose Rihanna, just on that, I mean, I guess everyone would have had full confidence given, you know, uh, Louise is very much battle-hardened and, you know, will put her head, foot, whatever, uh, in the way in the cause for Ireland and for her clubs. Um, and so, yeah, I suppose no surprise that uh, she's going to be ready to go for Wednesday. No, there's no way that Louise will miss that game. And it's the same with what we've seen with Denise and the same with Katie as well. There's... If Alexia are in that squad, that no matter if there's limbs hanging off, that they will not miss a game. I think you see it with Louise in every single game she plays, that she puts her body on the line. And by all accounts, I also think she might have a little bit of a black eye for herself after after the Australia game. But as I said, she's the, the diehard in, in in the middle of that back line. And, and I've no doubt that, that she'll, be, she'll be fit and, and ready to play come Wednesday. Yeah, and Anthony, we're going to just listen to a clip of Sinead Farrelly. Obviously, she's been talking to the media. She was also talking to Tony O'Donoghue um, at the weekend. And um, you have an article on RT.ie, which we'll touch on very, very shortly here. But let's listen to Sinead Farrelly first. Obviously, played uh, in the opening game and uh, is looking to be in line again to, to feature against Canada. Um, when you came to the team first, and I remember that first game in, in Austin, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> How nervous were you that the football would be there, the soccer would still be in you? Yeah, I, that's been a, has caused me a lot of anxiety on this journey for sure of, I've just lacked belief and trust in myself that um, my ability was there at this level. Um, and that's something I still struggle with, definitely. But I think it just comes with time. Like I wish I could have just told myself at that time, like just give yourself grace and you're going to make mistakes. I just wanted to be like great, like from day one that I came back. And this journey has been so vulnerable to me to be witnessed in not being great and um, making mistakes and wanting to do something, but my like body not being able to, or just like my speed of play not being there, my touch being off. Um, And that's been really, really hard for me. but very good, very humbling. Um, but your touch wasn't off that day against the USA. I, I know. I guess I just, I have very high expectations, and I have, I come from, like, a past of wanting to be perfect and stuff. So I would say from the outside, I think it's a different experience from what I'm, in, what I'm experiencing internally. So I can logically be like, okay, it was fine, but I just, um, yeah, I have, like, way different expectations for myself. And they're not healthy or anything like that, so I'm definitely working on them. But I was I was happy with how the game went. Like I think I'm just trying to see, just even on this whole journey of just like being proud of myself for overcoming and showing up because I sometimes it just feels hard to even show up and believe in myself to do that. Um, and just saying like what I did has been enough, you know. Someone of your ability though, you don't have to be perfect. I mean, good enough is more than good enough. Yeah. I'm trying to tell myself that, so thank you. <laughs> B, what did you learn from the game against Australia? An amazing occasion. Mm-hmm. And in the end, you know, Ireland deserved a point. I know, I know. I think it just instilled more belief in us. Um, I think we're learning, we're like shifting out of this place of 
you know, giving so much respect to other teams to just being like, we can show up as ourselves and go forward from the get-go and attack teams and, and make something of it. So I think every game's a learning process, and I think for us, we're bummed to not get um, a result, at least a tie, out of that game, but we're just excited to go forward and go for the wins on the next two games. Did you have to console Marissa? I mean, you know, she plays her heart out. She's such a great athlete. I know. And to concede the penalty, she clearly was very upset. So upset, as any of us, any of us would be, and we've all been there, so we all get it. Um, but we know it's a team sport, and no one put any blame on her, obviously. And we all just like have lifted her up and supported her, and she knows that and feels that. And every single one of us has been in that same exact position, so we know what it feels like. Yeah. Canada, you know them well, I'm sure. You've been following them, Olympic champions, and you know, they've, you know multiple appearances at, uh, at World Cups. Uh, they're going to present quite the challenge. It's a long way to go to Perth as well to, to take I know. <laughs> We're traveling so much, I don't understand. What are your thoughts on, on Canada in particular? I'm more like, I'm excited. Like I, I'm definitely someone that puts less attention on who we're playing and more focus on us, and I think at this point, I just truly believe anything is possible. I believe in this team, and I know that if we come out the way that we can, we can face anyone. So, yeah. And from your own point of view, in terms of managing your own fitness load, mm -hmm. um, you know, is there 90 minutes in you in this tournament? Yes, for sure, 100%, yeah. And it's like, as a player, you want to be on like every minute you can until you collapse, you know? Um, and so I think that's definitely there for me. My heart is there and that to do that. So um, I love just giving my all and, and fighting till the end. And so I hope I get the opportunity to do that. So that is Sinead Farley there, and she'll be hopeful of featuring against Canada on Wednesday. And Anthony, reading your piece and also the full interview with um, that Tony O'Donoghue did, which you can find on YouTube and rt.ie, she strikes me as a very open person um, and, you know, as a, quite an open book and has been open about her own journey, which has actually been kind of a, a difficult one to get to this point. Yeah, extremely open and, and honest and sincere uh, character, Sinead Farley, and, and she's she's got you know it's it's one of the stories of the World Cup. The fact that she's here and playing at this tournament, um, I I mean she she talked about a lot. I'm sorry, her her faith and um, writing in her journal is is very important to her. It helps. It's, it's therapeutic. Um, she spoke to Tony and and to the to the press pack about learning Aaron Levine phonetically going to looking at YouTube videos so she could sing it and belt it. It was actually, it was, it was notable in the, against Australia that every player, every Ireland player sang the national anthem word for word. Um, and that included her and, and Marissa Shiva, the other US born player. But she spoke a lot about her performance anxiety. And I think that is something that a lot of athletes would, would battle with and would understand and, and be empathetic towards this sort of feeling of doubting themselves, blaming themselves, beating themselves up over mistakes. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's actually quite common, I think. Um, and it's it's a difficult. It can be debilitating. You know, it can really it can cripple your performance because you can go out on the pitch and play within yourself because of it. You're so afraid of letting people down and make a mistake. And I have to say, with Sinead Farley, I mean, you can't. The, the, the compliment you could pay, the highest compliment you could play to her, you wouldn't tell by watching her play. You know, she had some lovely moments against uh, Australia, brilliant back heel at one stage when she was in her own half. She's such a cool customer uh, and technically excellent footballer. 
Um, but obviously, you know, she shared to us that, that she had a difficult time in the run up to that match. She said she felt physically ill, you know, before the game. She was so nervous. Like, so, you know, it's a credit to her to go out and play the way she did on, on that kind of level. And I would say that I, I don't know. Uh, I thought maybe she might not start on Wednesday just because of the physical demands and, and the mental demands of, of this stage. I thought Lucy Quinn might have a squeak. Um, but if she does start, I, w- I would like to see her 10, 15 yards higher up the pitch because I, I don't think we're quite seeing the best of her when she's playing deep in her own half. That's the system. I think we'll probably get to that and have a chat about that and, you know, later on. But uh, I, I just think she's a player that you want playing. She, you want her receiving the ball on the halfway line or, or five yards inside the opposition half because she's so she's such good vision and passing ability. That is where she can do damage for you. And we, we haven't really seen that too much in fairness USA, France and Australia three, you know, you're going to be defending more than you're attacking but it, it, I would really like I, I don't think we've seen the best for her yet albeit she has done very well in the games that she's played Yeah, Rihanna just on that actually because um, Farley like a very, very technical player from what we've seen of her um, in an Ireland jersey thus far and likes playing defeat uh, playing in small spaces and is really, really good at that um, obviously the Australia game and perhaps the Canada game just with the level of pressure that's going to be there and how deep Ireland are going to be mightn't um, completely play to her strengths. So what do you expect uh, in terms of Wednesday, in terms of those support players behind uh, Kira Carusa? Do you expect any changes there maybe that will be maybe more suited to the, the flow of the game in the, you know, maybe in the first hour of it? I don't think there'll be too many changes um, from what we've seen um, against Australia on Thursday. I do think there might be one or two and, you are probably talking in those two wider positions in Marissa Shiva and Sinead Farley that you could potentially see the changes. But then you could also maybe say they might look to get Katie McCabe a little bit higher. And I think that it's just important that we do have that support to Kira Caruza. And I think Anthony touched on it. Um, maybe in the first half of that France game, we were starting a little bit higher. We were forcing the French back. And, and even in that USA game, we were higher when we got on the ball. And it's very important that you get the support around Kira as quick as possible. Um, and I think that's where we need our better better ball players in those higher positions. And I do think Katie McCabe is arguably one of our best players in, in possession. But then you're also on about Denise O'Sullivan. And yes, Denise covers every single blade of grass out there, but she's better when we have her in those higher positions and she's able to link play and they're able to play those kind of through balls to get the likes of Heather Payne and, and Katie through. And, and I think that you can put Sinead Farley in, in that category as well. I think especially that first game against the US when we were higher up the pitch, she brought that level of calmness. She wasn't panicking on the ball, even when there was four or five US bodies around there, she was calm, she was able to pick out a pass and you could see exactly the type of player that she is and you can see why Vera has her in the starting eleven. Obviously against Australia we were so much deeper and especially in that first half we we had so little possession that you're never going to see the best out of those players and I think that that's what can be said for that first half. Now in the second half we were still better but we were still very direct in, in that situation but that's what that kind of formation calls for and that's why we have the likes of Heather Payne on the wings but I think you've seen that when Lucy Quinn came on that there was that difference and Abby Larkin as well I think that they changed the tempo of the game and kind of got Ireland kick-started a little bit so I, I do hope that we play even five five yards higher five ten yards higher when you'll see a, a huge difference in Ireland in possession but as Anthony was saying, there's going to be a huge amount of pressure with Canada. They're the Olympic champions. Um, they've got some phenomenal players, so there is that sense to it as well. 
Yeah, and I'd be interested to get in your take as well, what it's like to lead the line for a Vera Pau Ireland side. Obviously, in when you were um when you were leading the line, the system was slightly different. It's obviously evolved to something um slightly different. And Kira Carusa is uh is the player at the moment tasked with leading the line from the start and it looks like a hugely demanding role. So from your own experience with Vera, like what was what were the demands she placed on you and how like I suppose in training and in the build up? How um how did she generally communicate what she wanted? Yeah, so as you mentioned, there has been a slight shift in the style of play since bringing career crews up in that nine leading the line, as opposed to when Heather Payne played up there. And and I haven't been involved in that setup now for going on eighteen months. And back when I was in, there was times where me and Heather both played up front and you know, two up front, and we looked to play on the outside of of the opposition defense. So it was more of a, a transitional game where. Once we got the ball, played one or two passes, we looked to get in behind the back line then. And, and I feel that now we're, we've altered that slightly with career up top. She does give you that off opportunity to play into feet, to get people involved higher up the pitch and, and maybe get one or two more passes in before we go in behind. Um, I think obviously on, on Wednesday, because the gaps were so big when we did win the ball back, it was very difficult for Kira Caruza. But I thought in the first half of that French game in Tala and this especially those two American games, she showed exactly what she can do and she showed exactly what that difference is. When we do get the ball into feet, it allows our better players to get on the ball higher up the pitch. And and especially in that USA game, we created plenty of opportunities um, and not just half chances either. And I think that when we do that, when we gain ground, not just play that ball in mind, I think we've seen it with Heather for years. That we, we, It's a thankless class up there, I think. Heather is a phenomenal athlete and, and she showed what she can do. Um, but I do think that we create our better opportunities and really good opportunities when we're on the ball higher up. Um, so as I've said, hopefully we, we can get that. But um, in, in the last Euros campaign where I played in the qualifiers, um, it was a similar role where obviously with me and Heather playing up front together, I maybe did drop into feet a little bit more. But a lot of it in training was us making our runs on the outside of the back line, whether that's the two centre-backs when the full-backs have gone into attack and, and isolating in that space. But as I said, we've we've come a long way from that. Um, we still are that team that plays out of possession. And, and I've seen in recent times that we've been asking our midfielders to force the opposition back, which has allowed us to play higher up. And, and that's when we're, we're at our best at the moment. Yeah, and from the Canada point of view, Anthony, just in terms of team news, and I saw it this morning, so Jessie Fleming, who had missed their opening game against Nigeria, appears she's on course now to to feature on Wednesday, which obviously from our point of view might not be good news. Good news for Canada, but not, not for ourselves. Yeah, it, it's very good news for Canada. Uh, she had a calf problem, that's why she missed the first match, but uh, she trained well today, um, and they expect her to be back. And I, I think... Um, the manager Bev Priestman had said that she she maybe could have played in that first match, but they held her back. So I think we can expect her to start, and and she's going to bring a lot to that team. You know, she's won three women's super leagues in a row with Chelsea. Uh, very intelligent player, gives them a lot of creativity in the park, which they lacked against Nigeria. Did a lot of the ball. Uh, now they missed the penalty. I mean, they, they still could have won the match. They missed the penalty, but th- that's the other thing. She takes their penalties. She's their penalty taker. So if she was there, she would have taken that penalty. And she has a very, very good record at taking penalties. Um, she, I think she scored three or three penalties on the way to them win the Olympics, uh, and then another one in the penalty shootout in the final. So uh, she's a big player for them, and I think Vera Pell has been expecting her to come back to that anyway. So look, it, as, as Rihanna says, that they are a quality team. Um, they have other quality players apart from her, but she, she 
uh, she'll add to that midfield. For anyone who watched the game against Nigeria, I, I, there was a predictability about them. Um, Canada, they, they were they were quite um, deliberate in their build-up play, and and certainly not as dynamic as the Australians had been against us. But um, she she'll help them in that regard, and um, yeah, sort of increases the size of our task on Wednesday here in Perth. Yeah, and the penalty that was missed, of course, was by Christine Sinclair, who has scored 190 international goals. <laughs> so, um, you know, a great yeah. player at, yeah, at, 40, at, at 40 years old and uh, 40, yeah. yeah, and an iconic figure within the game. And Rihanna, you might be able to just give us a bit of context about like just how, how much of an icon she is, because 190 international goals. I mean, like what, what else can you really say? <laughs> oh, she's phenomenal. I mean, anybody in the women's game know who she is and. She's been a hero for Canada for years. And, and the fact that you can say that she's still playing at that level at 40 years of age, I think, speaks for itself. Um, she's clinical. I mean, you would have put your house on her to score that penalty. Um, but obviously, it just didn't happen in that moment. And, and she's a she kind of brings people into the game. She'd be strong. She'd be physical. She'd kind of hold up the play, kind of more dropping into feet to allow midfield runners. And I think that's probably something that we need to be careful of um, when we are playing them is that, Yes, we have a back three, but she does like to pull the centre-backs in and, and kind of set the ball and, and allow others to get into play. But as I said, she will then get in the box as well. And 190 goals is, is a ridiculous stat, um, especially at in, international football. Um, so she's, she's definitely one to look at. But as you said, on Jessie Thimmon being back in the team, it's massive for them. Um, she uses in class and, and quality as well. So the two of them together as well. It's, it's going to be a difficult task, but I do think it's one that Ireland will be up for. And, and I definitely think that we can get something out of the game. Yeah, and uh, elsewhere in, at the World Cup this morning, um, in the uh, at around I think it kicked off at seven a.m. Irish time. Italy uh, scored a late goal to beat Argentina one 0 and at the moment, um, as we're recording, uh, Germany are winning six 0 against Morocco deep into stoppage time. Could go to seven. Um, there's there's a VAR check there, but of course, um, a VAR check probably will run for about ten minutes. So by the time we'll probably be finished by the time by the time uh, they've actually decided if that's a goal or not. And uh, there's another game. Uh, between Brazil and Panama to to come as well, but um, just in terms of the actually seeing the games over there was something Anthony you mentioned to me um a few days ago that's actually kind of difficult to see some of the other games um that that don't involve Ireland or Australia and Rihanna you just kind of reiterated it there um maybe you might be able to just talk about like the accessibility in terms of matches on TV it's not as uh not as easy as I would have presumed from here. No, well, not not all the games are free to air. Um, I mean, the Australia-Ireland match got huge figures on the Seven Network, 4.8 million uh, across all their platforms, you know, massive smash for them there, broke records, um, and, and they show the Australian games. So you can catch them, but apart from that, it is, it is quite difficult. And even, you know, you got to remember that we're in, like, Australia's a sports-crazy country, and this women's world cup as big as it is it's still competing against aussie rules rugby league you know even when you're in bars and stuff sometimes you kind of have to ask can you turn on whatever game is on like now there could be five screens in the bar and, and it may not be on always like you know there's fan zones and stuff in each of the cities and obviously they have big screens and they show all the games but i mean i i found it and anecdotally others have, have mentioned it as well that it, it can be quite difficult to see the games and and that's that's a shame you know that's that's really um, you know, you want that you want to get it to as big an audience as you possibly can. I think that Australia game showed that the you know the audience is there, but um, when when it is behind paywalls or are not as easy as accessible, excuse me, uh, then obviously the figures, the viewership, uh, and the audiences are, are going to be impacted by that. 
Yeah, and Rihanna, similarly, how have you found it in terms of trying to follow the non-Ireland games? Yeah, so likewise, obviously, the fan zones, you can get all the games, but um, Opta Sports out here have the rights to all of the games. So aside from having to pay for a subscription, um, it's been quite difficult to watch them if you're not in a bar. And obviously, we're at the other side of the world, um, don't really want to spend all of our time indoors. Um, so I was trying to get them on my phone, even in the hotel room when you're getting ready or or after dinner, um, it has been quite difficult. As I said, I'm I'm out here to see to see what Australia has to offer in terms of scenery and and kind of attractions as well. So as I said, don't want to be spending all of our time in inside in a bar. Um, and obviously Australia is massive, so in terms of it's it's, it's impossible to attend all of the games as well. Um, so it is a shame that you you can't catch them on on the free terror channels like you can back home. And and obviously I've, I've seen on, on Twitter some stats about the viewership of, of the Ireland games, especially in Ireland, and then also the, the England games as well. So obviously, as Anthony explained as well, there's a lot of sport going on out here at the moment that they're all in season as well. So they do have a lot of other sports to, to kind of compete with as well, which is a shame. But in terms of like attendances at games, they have been great so far. So hopefully that continues throughout the tournament as well. Yeah, and uh, speaking of which, in terms of uh, matches that are um, on tomorrow on RTE and the RT player, it's Colombia at uh, three in the morning against South Korea in Sydney, and then New Zealand back in action again. They're playing Philippines half six in the morning in Wellington, and then a big one between Switzerland and uh, Norway at 9am Irish time. And uh, Rihanna, looking at it, I mean, Norway were group favourites in Group A, but like suddenly that looks like a must win there against Switzerland. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, if you if you look at Norway and how they performed in the Euros, um, they would have been very disappointed in that, especially the the kind of hiding that they that they got off of England. Um, so so coming into this, they they would have fancied themselves, and I think it's an absolutely fantastic story that New Zealand got their first win ever in a World Cup on their home turf in the opening game of their home World Cup is absolutely phenomenal, and you've seen videos and you've seen reactions from that. Um, and, and Switzerland look value for their money in in their win the other as well. So it'll definitely be interesting and probably two teams that have faced each other a number of times as well, obviously on the European stage. So it'll be very interesting. But the, the pressure is definitely on Norway to, to get a result there because if they don't, then that, that that's them realistically. Yeah, and but uh, in the among the other favourites, of course, the USA. Um, the, you know, they they kind of got through the challenge of Vietnam, won three nil, and um, someone you know, um, a little bit, Megan Rapino, came on for the the last half hour. So I remember you telling me or telling um, Clean Foley, um, uh, obviously journalist over here, um, just in regards to what your connection to Megan Rapino was. Now it's a few years ago now, so you might be able to tell me and uh, tell tell our audience as well. Remind us what uh, like you know, she's obviously an iconic figure and somebody who's very outspoken but uh, she was quite kind to you. Yeah, so she's obviously an icon in the women's game and she's done so much for the women's game um, both on and off the pitch. And as I say, I was fortunate enough to get contact from her but probably unfortunate in the sense that it happened. So a couple of years ago, I toured my ACL for the third time when I was away on international duty with Ireland and the media officer uh, reached out to a couple of people. Um, I was an, I'm an Arsenal fan, so he managed to get Jack Wiltshire at the time to, to send me a tweet. But um, we'd been back in, in Ireland and I got an email and I opened up my email and it was a, a personal message from Megan Rubino. And basically she, she wrote to me saying that she'd heard that I'd done my ACL for a third time and kind of knew from experience how much of a difficult time it was. And basically just to, to wish me all the best and that perseverance and, and dedication over everything will, will get me back to, 
to the highest stage and then get me back there. And then I was only, what, 21, 22 at the time. Um, obviously going through a difficult time um, to tear my ACL again. So that was a, a very nice message and something that she didn't have to do, um, a superstar like herself. And so funny, we played uh, the US off the back of them winning the last World Cup um, on their victory tour. We were invited out to, them to play them in the Rose Bowl. And it was kind of a, a picture um, of, of obviously playing against the US was amazing. Um, but, but seeing her around the place and, and seeing all the superstars that the US have and that they, yes, they're superstars and, and yes, they carry themselves in, in a certain way, but they, but they still have that kind of human nature side to them as well. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And uh, before we go, Anthony, just in terms of the itinerary now for Ireland over the next twenty four hours or so, obviously the the Canada game not very uh, far ahead in the future now. Yeah, tr- training um training this evening um at five, um and again tomorrow at five, and and so their as Fira Pell said to us, uh, their biological their body clock um is. At seven, because we we've got two hours back here, so we thought they might adjust the um the the training schedules to account for that um eight o'clock kickoff here on Wednesday night. But she's happy enough to, to train at five, um and as far as you know, everybody is okay, no fresh injuries, everyone's good to go, and we're all really looking forward to it. Raph. It's it's gonna be, I mean, it's a huge game, and I'm. I hope Ireland just just don't lose, just don't lose and take it to that last game and and see what happens. But the stakes just couldn't be higher now because if they lose, they're they're gone. And I think as I, I said to you a couple of nights ago, and there is a scenario that two points could actually get us out of this group. Um, if if Australia beat Nigeria by more than one goal and beat Canada by more than one goal, two points would actually do it. So, um, loads of permutations. But look, the, the big thing is we just hopefully already can get a result and get this World Cup up and running and give us a chance of getting out of the group. Yeah, I think we can all say fingers crossed for that. Hopefully that uh, all goes well on Wednesday. But uh, for today, anyway, at least there is a highlight show, of course, on RT2, the RT player at 8pm, all of today's games. But uh, for today's podcast, we'll be back tomorrow. It'll be with Mikey Stafford. But Anthony, um, the palm trees have disappeared, I think, with the with the night sky at the moment. And oh uh, Rihanna, thanks, <laughs> thanks very much for your time as well. Thanks, thanks for having me. Likes, shares, comments, and tweets. Cadbury sponsors RTE Soccer Women's World Cup podcast.